It's bad example story time with Professor Dunk. JudgeCast. This is episode number 103. My name is CJ Schrader, and with me, as always, my two quick co-hosts. First off, we have Jess Dunks. Hello, this is Jess. And Brian Prilliman. Hello. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> this is this a is this a timed podcast? Yeah, it is. <laughs> oh, okay. Well then. Oh, Technically, right. it doesn't matter. You still have to podcast at a reasonable pace, whether <laughs> or not there's a time limit. That's a correct statement. <laughs> yeah, you, you know what? I also just realized that the the software that you run through um, to remove all the pauses and dead air is going to completely stomp on that joke. Yeah, but I'll put it. I'll put it in. Don't you worry. You'll put it back in for. And me I'm going to make it a minute and a half long. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> You can fill it with uh, the PTQQ yeah. chatter from uh, a few episodes back. That's fine. No, no, no. Go, go dig out Tuck Tuck. Tuck Tuck. Tuck Tuck. That one's easy to find because Tuck Tuck's in the title of the episode. <laughs> oh, okay, right. I've been thinking, yeah. actually, so that's the thing I've been thinking about. Um, we have a lot of episodes now, yes. uh, as you may have noticed. And um, I was thinking about the possibility of tagging them more thoroughly in the future. Um, like, not excessively, but, like, ones that are specifically related to policy having, like, references to it. Or possibly having references to, like, when we do a policy episode, which which IPG that's for. Since some of them be- become so far out of date that it's unusable. Um, so I, this, <laughs> this feels like a before the show conversation, but they, uh, they are tagged. I, I tag them. What? Yeah. Like on, the I'm last looking. episode says policy more IPG. Oh no, I meant like, no, 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 you're right. But I meant like slightly more specific than that. Like say, say I wanted to find, uh, an article or, or, or sorry, an episode on slow play, for example, would, would it, you know, anyway, never mind. I wasn't trying to make it before the show conversation. I was just trying to be like, Hey, so, so cool well, here we go. Let's on the air. CJ, can you please teach us how to tag stuff? Because hmm. I don't know. It could be. I actually do know how to tag how to tag stuff. I just oh, was discussing the possibility. Yeah, you so can edit the post. I can't. You realize that if I edit it, it'll just end up like I'll replace all the text with like wingdings or something like that. Hey, so in case anyone hasn't figured it out, this episode is about slow play. <laughs> why would they have figured that out? I don't know <laughs> why they would have figured that out. So far, so far, this episode's been on how to do a WordPress website. Yeah, we'll have limbs on for that. He doesn't do podcasts. I understand that, but he is a he is a WordPress developer, so he, he can help. You know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna trick him. I'm gonna I'm gonna show up and like ask him a bunch of questions and just <laughs> record the entire thing with yeah. like a tape recorder in my pocket and then just publish it. It'd be like under undercover judge cast. I like it. But hey, so what is slow play? I feel like it's a little bit of a hot button issue right now. Yeah, let me tell you. Let me start that off by saying what slow play is not. Okay. Slow play is not cheating, and slow play is not stalling. That's a uh, good point. It's also not a floor wax or a dessert topping. True. Oh, hmm. But like the a lot of people, when they hear slow play, or if they think you're implying that they're playing slowly, immediately jump to you think to thinking that you're saying they're stalling, or that they're stupid. Or that they're stupid, and these things aren't necessarily true. I've nope. definitely, I, you know what? I've been called out on slow play. I don't consider myself stupid. Uh, I've been sitting there thinking about something, and I've been called out on slow play because I was taking too long. It has nothing to do with how smart you are, um, just nope. you know how quickly, you know what pace of play you're at. And I definitely wasn't stalling. So, like, just because you're called out on slow play doesn't mean anybody thinks negatively of you. The only thing they're saying is you're probably playing too slowly. Yeah. Yeah, so the definition in the IPG, okay, we're uh, going to touch on two sentences first of it, and then we can we can touch on the third sentence, which deals with loops. 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 Thrilled to talk about that. Um, the definition, the first one is, a player takes longer than is reasonably required to complete game actions, period. And then it says, if a judge believes a player is intentionally playing slowly to take advantage of the time limit, the infraction is unsporting conduct stalling. So if you are not, if you are taking a long time, but you're just taking a long time because you either don't realize how much time is passing or because you're trying to figure something out, okay, that's not stalling. Stalling is taking uh, is is trying to take advantage of the time limit. And we'll talk a little bit more uh, about that. So. That's a that's a pretty ambiguous sentence, right? Just 
you know, a player takes longer than is reasonably required to complete game actions. So what is that? Is that like 10 seconds, 20 seconds, 30? What What is that? Like how long is reasonably required? Well, it's uh, it's roughly some number of parsecs. I don't know. Okay. Hey, I can make the Kessel run in 12, 12 parsecs. Is that the quote? 12, 30? You know, how many parsecs, CJ? You know parsecs is a measured distance, right? Yeah, that's why it's humid. That's why it's, it's humorous. It's, it's yes. a joke. That's man. why it's funny. Yes, because we both know that it's a measure of distance. Do you? I do, as a matter of fact. <laughs> yeah, we do. All right. I was making a joke because I thought it was funny to... Never mind. It was funny. <laughs> uh, what are we talking okay. about? Slow play. Okay, so, so slow play. Yeah, how long How long do you have to make a play? Right? Because if, if you don't make a play within that time limit, obviously you're playing slowly. So how long is that time limit? I mean, it depends entirely on the context. There is not a time limit what? specifically. There's no time limit. That's because every everything that happens in a Magic game is is varied from game to game. But it's also because we don't want to give players the idea that they're entitled to a certain amount of time. Uh, if we said, for example, you have 10 seconds to draw your card for the turn, which would be ridiculous. But let's just say we said that. Players who are trying to stall might say, hold on, I have 10 seconds to draw my card for the turn and wait the 10 seconds. And we don't want them doing that either. Yeah, the the second it basically at, at its fundamental level is the second you say it's legal to do this in 10 seconds, doing it in nine can't be cheating. Right. Yeah. Right. So like, for for example, we just had um, uh, uh, recently uh, there was a change in policy that said if you took more than three minutes to shuffle your library and present to your opponent for for the pregame procedures, uh, if you took more than three minutes, that was slow play. That's been removed. And the reason why it was removed was this for this exact reason. People that wanted to stall, I'm going to take two minutes and 59 seconds uh, to mulligan to six. You know, to, I, I got my seven and I'm going to mull and I've got two minutes which, and 50 minutes. Which interestingly wasn't even what that rule was for. <laughs> right. But at the same time, they were they were running out. They were they were taking entirely too long. So the section was removed to basically, no, take a reasonable amount of time. And then if you take more than a reasonable amount of time, you're going to get slow play. Now, what's considered a reasonable amount of time? Like just said, it's context dependent. Okay. And it is going to vary a little bit from person to person, but you, you really only have two options. It's either a concrete set amount of time or a soft you know, uh, a soft set of guidelines that kind of has a, a, a range of acceptable values in it. Those are really the two options. It's either set in stone or it's allowed to ebb and flow a little bit. And since it can't be concrete, it has to be the other. It's 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 basically the best out of the two options you've got because we don't want people stalling legally. We want those guys to be caught and sent home. <clears throat> Speaking of which, that never was legal. If somebody was spending two minutes, 59 seconds sideboarding, and you asked them why, and they said, because I want to take as much time as possible because I'm losing, uh, we have a problem. Right, because in that particular case, you are intentionally you know, right. taking so, advantage of the clock. So there was never a time when the, the policy allowed legal stalling. It was just that people thought they could get away with it. Right. And if they just, if they were like, oh, well, I'm just shuffling thoroughly, you know, mm-hmm. uh, one of the one of the other problems is stalling and slow play look an awful lot alike. Right. Or rather, or rather, stalling can look an awful lot like slow play. So that's 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 also um, one of one of the aspects of it, which we'll we'll talk about a little bit later. Um. So, how long? So so what are some guidelines? in telling if someone's if someone's slow play like what are, what is your personal guideline jess to determine if you if you feel that someone's playing slowly i mean that depends entirely on the situation really like okay you have well, to look so at like, it really does like you look at the situation you have to gauge a number of dynamics um what's what is it that they're doing you know if they're sitting in the upkeep for a minute and a half clearly that's too long uh but if you go well their entire turn took a minute and a half and they attacked with 30 creatures and played 15 spells well they're actually playing really fast um right so it, it entirely depends how quickly are they taking actions um how, how much are they are they tanking on stuff 
And really, you just have to gauge whether or not it's taking too long, longer than is reasonable. Uh, and the question is, well, what is reasonable? Uh, that I have to gauge based on the situation uh, through experience with both playing and judging magic. Okay. Um, so I know there are a lot of people that have various guidelines on things. Um, so maybe you guys want to talk about that. Uh, personally, I don't have, I don't like making blanket statements of, well, this is when you should do it for the same reasons we just described not having time limits. Okay. CJ? I don't know, man. You got it. All right. <laughs> I just, I, I can't really describe it. I think it's slow play. Okay. It might be. So I'm not the expert at this topic. For, for me, um, I'll, I'll sit there and I'll watch, I'll watch what they're doing. And, and I'll, you know, you take into account what's on the board. Uh, if the, if the board state changed significantly the turn before, then I'm going to allow more time. Okay. If there's a, because what's happened is, is the whole strategy that the person had just changed on them. So yes, a little bit more forgiving, but if it's a complicated board and it's been building gradually over turns, you know, very rarely, very rarely, like in the world world example, do complicated board states just spring up out of nowhere. You know, they, they generally build over several turns. So the person has had time more than just that turn to think about things and to plan. Um, so the guideline that I use is I sit there, I watch, and I do... Um, it's it's a little glib sounding, but I do like till I'm bored plus five seconds. <laughs> okay, so um, I'll sit there. I can see what's going on. Uh, uh, typically, I can see what's in one of the players' hands. Figure out the lines of play. So what you're saying is that when you watch High Tide, it's just a constant state of slow play. It's. <laughs> I am so bored all the time. Well, okay. So that's. <laughs> I said it was a little. It was a little glue. Like I realized that the other person, like if they're playing eggs or something like that, they're doing stuff. And you know, I want to pull the Kibler. Uh, can I go to the bathroom or just wake me up when you're done? That kind of thing. You know, if the even if the the person's doing mechanical actions quickly, then sure, sure, fine, whatever. I can be bored. But if you're just sitting yeah. there doing nothing at all, but staring at the board, counting, recounting, counting again, flipping through your cards, putting your cards down, picking them up, no, do something. Um, so other examples that I've heard is. Um, basically, and this, this one's actually probably the, the best, even though it's the most, uh, ambiguous is if you're starting to think that you should give a slow play warning, you should have given one already. Like if you're sitting there watching a match, because we're, we're, we're really bad. We as humans are really bad at judging time when we're thinking like, a lot of slow play seminars will actually have an experiment where, where they will close, you know, have everyone close their eyes and say something like, all right, I'm going to start the stopwatch. You tell me uh, how long, you know, basically raise your hand when you think you'd be giving a slow play warning if the players hadn't done anything. And like the the hands go up at some hands go up at 20 seconds, some hands go up at 40 seconds, uh, that kind of thing. Um, but some hands will even go up after like 10 seconds uh, because they don't really know how long, like, uh, like when they're, when they're just sitting there with their thoughts only, they don't know how long, how much time has actually passed. Also to be fair, contextually, any of those might be appropriate. True. Like if it's, you know, if it's all right, we both kept our hands. I'm going to sit here and, you know, I've got no one drops and one land in my hand, but I take 10 seconds to, to do anything. Um, clearly we might have a problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and in some cases, you know, some people might actually think that, that if you're, if you're sitting there thinking hard, okay, a minute can pass and it can feel very, very quick. But if you're the opponent and you're sitting there and you're watching, uh, uh, the other player take a minute to make decisions and you want to go do something, it can feel like an eternity. Okay. So even just the perception of time can be, uh, uh, ambiguous or, or fluid, um, so let's, let me ask this. Why is, so why even, why do we even have slow play? Why is that important? Ooh. Ooh. 
Well, <laughs> one thing is like, it's time, time for me to jump in. Here. I can finally participate. <laughs> um, so I would say one reason is so we can finish the tournament because we, we have in order to not have a tournament take forever, we have to put a time limit on a tournament, which means we have to put time limits on rounds. And if we didn't have slow play, rounds wouldn't be able to finish. Um, I think secondly is because we want those rounds to finish. We want them in an ideal world to finish with a natural conclusion, which is to say we don't want them to draw out. So without without infracting for slow play, you know, I, I'm sure we well we still get plenty, but I'm sure we'd get a lot more of those one zero one uh, matches. Oh, so that's easy. We'll just get everybody chess clocks. Yeah, right? I was going to talk about that a little later too. Oh man, so I know I know some judges that have tried that. So when we get there, so so explain so 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 somebody tell the listeners what the what the chess clock thing okay, is. Okay, so if you've ever played Magic Online, you've experienced the chess clock. The chess clock is uh, that whatever I have priority, whatever I am making decisions, I have a clock, a timer that's running down. And then when I'm done making that decision, I press a button and my opponent has a timer that starts and my my timer stops. So we keep an exact count of who's taken as much time. Now, obviously, we can't do this in real life. If you did this in real life, it would be abysmal. You spend most of your time tapping buttons because of the number of priority passes that exist. But, you know, you got to think about that when you're playing Magic. You've only got... 50 minutes to play a match of magic. I mean, you've got 25 minutes to play three games per player. And if you're taking, you know, several minutes a turn, you're stealing time from your opponent. And a lot of people don't see it that way. And it's important to your opponent and the tournament that you not take that time. Yeah, I want to add with the chess clocks, because people beyond the priority passes, I don't think people are factoring in the cost of a chess clock or yeah. the cost of transporting them. I think I looked them up on Amazon. I think like, I think the cheapest around 20. So I was like at $15 each, you know, um, the cost for a GP is it's it's a lot, <laughs> and and that's not even kind of transporting them there. Like it's a million chess clocks. Also, um, this is you know Magic players. I love you guys, but you're also uh, uh destructive, <laughs> and I would say that probably ten percent of chess clocks would not survive the event. I would just... imagine. Uh, quite... Oh man, I do not want to take the judge. Our chess clock is broken. Floor call. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or judge. I passed priority, but I didn't turn off the chess clock or I thought it was, I didn't realize it was my turn. Can I get more yeah. time? And, and I don't for know. An eight, for an 1800 person GP, that's like a $27,000 cost Yeah, right. to, to a tournament organizer. And somehow players would find a way to stuff trash in one. <laughs> it would. So <laughs> true. Up, even, if, even if there's only like a little tiny crack, like you would open it up. I bet you if these things were like battery powered or something like oh, that. Oh, these things would disappear off tables so fast. They, they would steal them. Batteries would go missing. Uh, um, like dials would be just cranked until they broke. Um, players would try and fiddle with it. All sorts of stuff. Plus, you usually just don't have that much table space. Yeah. Point is, there's a lot of reasons not to have there's, chess clocks. It's just like, here, here's, the, here's the thing. If you think chess clocks are a good idea, try it. Yeah. It will be the most abysmal magic experience you've ever had. You will. It's right. bad. It's real bad. <laughs> so, um, so now we have slow play, and we we talked about it. You have 15 minutes to take a match, okay? And so you need to play at a reasonable place during the timed portion. But why do we still call slow play during the untimed portion, right? Because clock's not running. I'm not taking any time from anybody, like my opponent, right? Uh, well, you kind of are. Yeah. Oh. The venue still needs to to close at a certain time, right? Like, right. Yep. If you're if you're in turns, okay. When you're in the timed portion of the round and you're taking a long time to make your plays, you are taking time away from your opponent. Okay. If you're taking an unreasonable amount of time, okay. Right. You are you are taking time away. You are taking time out of the pool of time that you and your opponent have. If you are in turns and taking a long time, you are taking time away from every single person that's up there milling around that wants to start the next round because we can't start the next round until you're done. So in my opinion, slow play is actually more important during uh, uh, turns or during turns than it is at other points in time because you're impacting more people. I agree. Okay. That doesn't, that doesn't mean that you, you give it more or less. Okay. During turns, you should still infract it based on uh, 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 based on what you see. But the impact of slow play during turns is greater to more people than it is during the time portion of the round. And if you're slow playing during uh, untimed during- top eight, well, now you're taking time from me, and I ain't gonna have that. 
<laughs> yep. So uh, another. Uh, I just got a text and it broke my concentration. No. Oh, oh, you distracted me, Judge. Now I got to start thinking all over again. Nice segue. Oh. I was going to cut that out, but now you segued right into what you're trying to say. Well played. (laughs) (laughs) So what are, so it's the end of round and your interns and you're watching players play. Uh, Actually, actually quickly, fun fact, uh, were you guys, did you guys know, of course you did, that the most slow play warnings are given out during the timed, uh, sorry, during the untimed portion of the rounds, during turns. I did suspect that. Why, why is that? Because we have enough judges to post on every table. Yeah, pretty pretty much at at that particular at that particular point in the event. Okay, we are hyper focused on getting all the slips in, so we send judges out. So so these matches have gone on for a long time. Uh, there is a higher probability that people are playing slowly in those matches because those matches are still going. Yeah. Okay. We're also putting judges on those matches. Judges are watching them, so. If somebody is playing slowly, the judge is more likely to see it. Um, so there's that. Okay, so it's interns. Uh, people are playing slowly, um, and you decide to give a slow play warning. Okay. Okay. Uh, what are some common arguments that players might give as to why they don't deserve one? It's a really complicated game state. That's that's one. <laughs> um, the one of the other ones is. What's it matter? We're in turns anyway. Um, uh, the other one is, Judge, you interrupted me. Now I have to go back in the tank again. Um, and all, all of those are basically, uh, uh, you know, we talked about why why being in, in turns doesn't really matter. Like, you can still slow play during turns. Um, so what's what's a good response to the to the it's a complicated turn argument? Um, game states don't arrive unless you just resolved warp world. Game states don't arrive at this spot or any spot suddenly. The game state arrived at this spot over many many turns. You had a lot of time to think about how this is developed and what you should do. Right, right, and you know things things can change drastically, and we do take that kind of stuff into into consideration, uh, but. A lot of times players sit back and suddenly they're in turns and the equation changes from can I win in time to can I win in two turns? Okay. Well, in reality, your logic should always be trying to win in as few turns as possible because the more turns that you give your opponent, the more likely they are to turn whatever around and win. Okay. So your mentality should always be can I win in the fewest possible turns? But people's mentality shifts a little bit in turns because they suddenly have a hard limit. And suddenly it becomes very, very, very important. Well, it should have been important before. Um, do you want to do you want to talk about like how to how to approach giving like the actual mechanics of giving a ruling for slow play? Yeah, we should absolutely talk about that. If you're a judge, you want to know. Okay, so I'm sitting there. CJ, uh, Bitty Kitty and Battle Cat are playing. Yeah. Um. Oh, we got you. Got you involved, CJ. <laughs> Bitty Kitty and Battle. Bitty Kitty and Battle Cat are playing. And Bitty Kitty um, is it's a, it's it's a turn. Bitty Kitty's got some sort of reanimation spell, so she keeps asking to see Battle Cat's graveyard over and over and over again, and is looking through and and putting it down, and then picking hers back up with her little with her little cat paws. Sure, they're itty bitty. Um, they're itty bitty. Bitty Kitty Bitty Kitty looks at her graveyard, then goes back to Battle Cat's, then goes back to hers, goes back to Battle Cat's, um, and it's gone on too long. Uh, what might be something that that you would say or do at that point? Bitty Kitty, I'm going to need you to make a play. Right now, yeah. is that is, what? What is that? Is that a is that a warning? Is that a caution? Is that a? It's um, it's not technically a caution. Well, I guess it is. If it's not caution, what is in the IPG? But it, it's a caution. It's not a warning. Let's put it that way. It's just a verbal. I need you to do something. I'm trying to prod you to move forward here. Right. So right. So the, so the IPG says um, it's a player may be playing slowly without realizing it. A comment of "I need you to play faster" is often appropriate and all that is needed. Further slow play should be penalized. So this is something that you, as a judge, you have the ability to poke the player. Not physically, but you know, <laughs> I mean, that would that'd be awesome if we could do that. Just instead of saying know, anything, just poke them. In, yeah, an index finger to the to the shoulder and just be like, "Hey, do something." Um. Uh, oh, that reminds me. I had a great at the at the event this weekend. 
I'm sitting watching a match and the players paused for so long that I had absolutely no clue who the act who uh, who had priority. Like neither one of them were doing anything that looked like playing. They were both just sitting there staring at each other. <laughs> so instead of saying, I'm going to need you to make a play, I said, I need somebody to do something. <laughs> I then, usually start with who has priority. Right. But somebody to do something is, I suppose, effective. Yeah. I just need somebody to do something, please. And they just kind of like had this moment of, wait, who, whose turn, you know, whose turn is it? They had to figure that out. Oh, jeez. Um, yeah, that was the best. Um, so this, this, uh, this poke is not required. Okay. You don't have to do that, but it is, it is typically, it is a tool in your toolbox that you can use. Now, if you, you usually want to use it, yeah, it's, it's, you're going to fire a warning shot across her nose to make a space balls reference. Um, and then if they continue to, if they don't make a play, then follow that up with, uh, the slow play warning. Um, so I want to ask about that warning, uh, cause I've, yeah. I've heard a couple of different thoughts on it, but one is, uh, to avoid this, the judge interrupted me thing, that you actually don't give the warning until after they make the play. Do you guys think you should interrupt them and, you know, be like, hey, I'm giving you a warning for slow play? Or do you think you should wait until after they make the play? Um, I'm, you know, that's that's a great question. And you'll hear people say both directions on it. I used to be one of the people that waits until after they make the play. And occasionally I will still do this. But the vast majority of the time, I feel that that's... Um, you know, that's disrespectful to the opponent because this player is committing a slow, you know, that, that the point that you're waiting, you're letting the slow play go on longer. That makes sense. And you, you know, you, there is a fix for slow play and that is to give extra turns. But if you're just poking them about it, you're not giving that fix. So like at the moment that you notice, you need to poke them about it. So my, my, I will do whichever I feel is, is less disruptive at the time. Mm -hmm. And it's a, it is a, I'll be honest, it's a completely arbitrary judgment call based on just the vibe of the table and what I've been watching going on as to whether or not I'm going to um, give slow play, give the slow play warning right then, or I'm going to wait until they finish the, the, the play. Um, basically, if I have a, if I, if I have a strong feeling that by interrupting them and giving the warning that I'm going to completely shatter his brain thought, or <laughs> this is the other thing, um, that he would use the warning to get more like the time of which I'm giving the warning to get more time somehow that hasn't really come up though. Um, so anyway, actually that, that, that leads me to a good line of thought. Um, what happens if you're appealed? for a slow play warning, right? Like normally if you're appealed during a ruling, you, you ask the players, okay, sit right, sit tight, hold up. I'm going to go get the judge, the head judge and be back with slow play. Do you do that? No, nope. uh, no, you should have to keep playing. And if possible, park a judge on the match so that they could, to make sure they continue playing while you go get the head judge. Right. Some players will try to use an appeal for slow play to get more time to make a decision. So, and that is, that is not allowed. Right. Okay. And if you tell them to continue playing and they don't, uh, that is what now? Uh, that's <laughs> they're not following your instructions. Right. Which is an example of USC minor, minor. right now. Uh, it used to be USC major game loss, but now it's it's uh, it's minor. Um, okay, so let's 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 take a step back and talk about the technicalities a little bit more. Uh, so you either gave the caution or chose not to give the caution. So you're giving them the warning uh, for mm -hmm. slow play. What else? Uh, well, there is the fix uh, requires you to give two additional turns. So uh, you are going to give an additional turn to each player. So that means uh, if you are giving it during the timed portion of, uh, of the rounds, uh, they're going to get seven additional turns as opposed to five. Okay, okay. What if it's um, two-headed giant? It matters. Uh, it's only three get, additional turns. Yeah, in two-headed giant, it's three at the end of turn, but you still they still both get one each, right? No, you only add... Oh, yeah, yeah, one each. But this yeah. Is, this yeah, it's, is it's one this per is team. The... It's one per team, not one per player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is... Well, hold on now. This is IPG. We're talking... Yeah. Two-headed giant competitive? 
Clearly. It's in the IPG. It's written out. I'm not just <laughs> yeah, making it up. Yeah, or additional uh, awarded one per team. Yes. Now, this is the interesting thing. This is the fun sentence in the in the, um, in the the IPG. It goes, this turn extension occurs before any end of match procedure can begin and after the time extension that may have been issued. Okay. So after the timed portion of the round has begun, but before their five end of round turns, you insert these two. Uh, why is the IPG so specific? <laughs> I, I guess because they just got to go somewhere. And if you don't put that sentence in there, people are going to ask. Like, I can't think of a good reason as to why, other than just to shut people up. Okay. So what What if they're already in turns? Well, they still get their two. No. They still get their oh, plus no, two. Oh, no, you don't. Oh, no, you're right, 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 right. <laughs> and that's yes. why. Yeah, so the reason, the reason why is um, the two turns that you give them... Uh, uh, the two turns that you give them is to offset the lost time during the timed portion of the round. Right. Okay. But if they're already in turns, there's there's none of that. Uh, there's there's no offsetting of the timed portion that's lost because they're now in turns. And uh, one other thing. So you give this. You gave uh, Bitty Kitty a warning in the last round. You gave her and her opponent additional turns. And in the following round, Bitty Kitty is still playing slow. What do you do? You give her another warning for slow play, but what? because it's the second warning, something happens to that warning. It goes into a little cocoon and emerges from its chrysalis, a beautiful game loss butterfly. Oh, it's sweet. It is. It's, it's, it's very, it's very majestic. It unfurls its wings. Yes. So, and this is, this is kind of key here. They go, well, why? That seems really, really harsh. But you got to remember, um, one other thing about this is if judges are able to give these pokes, like these free, these freebie pokes, okay? So Bitty Kitty has been playing slowly all event, okay? In round one, she got a poke from a random judge. In round two, she got a poke from a random judge. In round three, she got a poke and then a warning from another judge. Round four, poke. She's been playing slowly all day, but because of these little pokes, you know, uh, 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 only one warning has been has been uh, uh, accrued. So, if you have gone through you know pokes and warnings enough to get the second warning for slow play, you deserve the game loss. <laughs> Poor bitty kitty. Poor bitty kitty. Um, so let's let's talk about some possible uh, player interact or player uh, player thoughts. Hey, wait. So if you okay. give the game loss, do you still give the turns? Uh, that game is over. Yeah, but you're still yeah. in a match. Yeah. Uh, I suppose technically you do, right? Yeah, I think you do. It's it's like giving it's like giving a time extension when you give a game loss for a deck deckless problem. Yeah. It still happens. Um. So, one one thing one thing that players have a have a, have a hard time with um with with slow play is it's actually kind of personal. Okay. Um, it feels a lot like you are saying, now we, we said at the beginning, it's not because you're, you're, you're dumb, but players can feel like that's what you're saying. And okay? often do. Yeah. And, and often do, and they can get angry. And this is probably one of the infractions that can escalate the most. And this, this might even be why, why slow play is so under, under assigned is because judges don't want to create the potential for conflict over something subjective. Um, which, 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 you know, let's be honest, little play is, um, but players can get really, 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 really mad and take it really, really personal. I've had, I've had a player ask for my DCI number so he could report me because I gave him a caution for slow play. Yeah. Sir, can I have you make a play? Why do you need me to make a play? You know, it immediately became like it immediately became confrontational. You know, are you saying that I'm not capable of, of playing quickly? And I was like, that's not what I'm saying. Um, so it did, it did be, you know, it can become confrontational and you need to understand that, but that isn't a reason to shy away from this. Okay. You just calmly explain to the player, you can add, you can have them talk to you after the match is over, that kind of thing. Uh, but you need to understand that that is a possible response and you need to, you need to choose your phrasing as to, as to minimize that that potential yeah intent specifically please minimize it don't don't try to get this escalated right don't be like can you can you make it do something already yeah that's that's probably not the way to go about it um so uh uh please please be aware players they they can take this uh there was uh, uh an incident at 
one of the opens that I was head judge at, a uh, slow play got appealed. I went over to uphold it. The player was in tears over over the implication that she was incapable of playing her deck like to the point where it's like we needed to go out in the in the hall and and let her and you know get her have her calm down um so yeah it was it was just she 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 couldn't continue the game she was so upset and so that's something that you might need to you might need to deal with i'm not saying that that's uh normal normally what's going to happen is you're going to get a you're going to get a little bit of resistance and then they're going to accept it because they don't really have much of a choice. So I mean, one thing I want to add is, and, and we touched on this earlier, but if you're a player and a judge gives you a slow play warning, the uh, it, however long you think you took making that play, it was longer. Like we touched on this <laughs> earlier, but when, when you're thinking, you, you can't percept time the same way. Because I've heard so many times where people are like, judge, I was, it was just 15 seconds or whatever. Um, but no, you spent longer, however long you think it is. Like, like Brian touched on earlier, if you thought it was 15 seconds, then your opponent thought it was like two minutes. You know, the, the... Uh, I know judges that actually have stopwatches for that reason. <laughs> okay. And like, I don't necessarily recommend like having a stopwatch and, sh- and showing them every time. Right. But, but, uh, I have judges that, that keep a stopwatch for two reasons that, and so that they can accurately give time extensions. Yeah, that makes sense. The, the other thing I've seen is with the, with the, with the stopwatch is so that they have objective evidence. Okay. Right. So when they give slow play and the player's like, wow, how long was I taking? It's like, you took 37 seconds. Okay. Well now what that here's the bad thing about that is yes you just had objective evidence to like back up your ruling but now you've just taught that player that he has 36 seconds to make a play yeah i guess right 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 okay um so also something to note is you can accrue slow, slow play doesn't have to actually be on a single play it can actually be the sum total of spanning several turns okay if everything you do is just five to ten seconds too long you know you can you can you can give slow play for that i mean i would definitely advise more of a you know a hey i'm gonna need you to accelerate your pace of play you know the sum total of everything is getting close to you getting a slow play warning or, or something along those lines but it does not necessarily have to be a single play if you take you know 12 seconds here and 15 seconds there and you know seven seconds over there and all you were all you did was untap draw and pass without even looking at things you know that could that could be too long and you do that repeatedly meh 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 so um let's see here do we want to talk about loops loops now we have to <clears throat> pretty much have to yeah yeah much as i like to avoid it so what one, one thing right just to delay it for five seconds okay good is it is slow play if somebody gets up from their chair and doesn't ask anyone if they can so if someone just goes to the bathroom and doesn't ask a judge can i go yeah, let, me, let me say for example you know during a deck check you get up and go somewhere. Is that going to be slow play if I didn't ask a judge? Uh, I, I'm just curious, actually. This is me personally. I I mean, I'd probably let that slide, and because you're not you're not taking time away from your opponent there in that situation. If I bring if I bring the deck back. Yeah, if I bring the deck you're back, not, and you're not there. So so why is it different if you bring the deck back? Because you could bring the deck back at any time. Sure. I mean, I would I would ask that player to ask a judge next time, but I'm just saying, me personally, I, I would let that okay slide. Um, if 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 no time is being lost then you know i mean right right like they're not playing nor can they play so if the guy's not there he, he's not slow playing but if i bring the deck back and it's like all right guys start playing and the guy's not there then that's slow play yeah i agree he, he ain't there you know who the perfect judge to ask is uh the guy's taking your decks yep ask them can i go to the bathroom yep. every the- time yeah it does happen quite a bit can i go take a smoke uh no, i say no to that one I've I've actually said you have two minutes. Yeah. I don't, you know, and that's normally at like you know GPTs, P, you know PTQs, that kind of thing. Right, where they can with, get outside. With a with a G with a GP, you can't get to the smoking area. I will have your deck back before you can get to the smoking area and light up. Yeah. All right. Well, that's as long as I could stall the loop discussion. All right. I'll read the IPG part, and then with the easy part out of the way, I'll let you guys talk about it. 
<clears throat> so, the IPG also says, it is also slow play if a player continues to execute a loop without being able to provide an exact number of iterations and the expected resulting game state. Yup. Yup. This is true. <laughs> so, so this is specifically to combat decks that will, quote, eventually do something that either mills the opponent out or gets an infinite, infinite creature or gets, you know, 30 power worth of dudes, hasty dudes that can swing. This, this is to prevent decks that are where it's it's mathematically impossible for them to not eventually win. Um, well, mathematically improbable, no, right? It's, it's actually impossible. Impossible. If you go over, for infinite iterations. Okay, sorry. Um, I didn't realize we were using calculus here. <laughs> that's the point, though. Is like, just because you can mathematically prove this is likely to happen doesn't mean that it will happen in the time limit, and you need to play faster. Yeah. So, yeah. To, to be clear, uh, something like that... Um, Four Horsemen. No, 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 no. I was going to talk about one that is legal. Uh, oh. I forgot the name of that card that that you gain the life when it comes in. It has Persist. Oh, uh, Kitchen, Kitchen Finks. Finks. Yeah, yeah, Kitchen Finks. Thank you. Uh, something like Kitchen Finks where you where you can say, hey, I'm going to repeat this combo and I'm going to gain 100 life. Um, that's perfectly fine, right? Because you can say, after doing the combo this number of times, this is how the game state's going to end up. And it works right. out great, right? And you can even, so you have like, you have your scry dude, sack a creature, scry one. Yeah. And you have Malira out that uh, uh, prevents the creature from coming into play with a, with a minus one, minus one counter. So you sack your, sack your kitchen finks, scry one. You can sit there and say, I'm going to do this 60 times. Okay. And like, look at your whole deck. And then you can even say, I'm going to exit out of this loop when I hit my murderous red cap. Yeah. Okay. That's all fine because you can describe how long it will take for a certain game okay. state to be reached. Yeah, there's an, there's an upper limit. You know, I have 47 you, cards left in my deck. You the, can't say I'm going to do this loop until I hit murderous red cap because you're describing hidden information. Well, I can say, because I'm, I'm scrying, I can say I'm going to continue this loop through my deck and I'm going to define early exit criteria. Okay, it's that's that's fine because I have an upper threshold. I'm going to go through my deck one time. Okay? Yeah, but I mean, you don't need the early exit criteria. I could say I'm going to do this a hundred thousand times and do it five and still be fine because you sure. can you can interrupt your own shortcut. You can. So you can say I'm going to do this a hundred thousand times. Um, but it, but it's it's more like I'm going to do a hundred thousand times and then I'm going to do it however many times i need to to hit a murderous red cap see, see this is actually that's, a, that's, that's that's the part where you don't know like how many this, how many times right see this is actually a bad example because you're not actually shortcutting through anything you have to perform all the scries sure but you know what most people do is they just like flip their deck over which is like, totally not legal yeah i will not allow that really yes, really you have to do the scries because you you can reorder your deck that way and that's not allowed. You have to do the scries because you're, when the deck ends at a certain point, you can't just shuffle it after you find the card you're looking no, no, no. for. I'm not, not saying not saying you shuffle. I'm saying okay, if I go through my deck, I can go through my deck sixty times, or I can I can scry one sixty times. You know, I'm, I'm just saying sixty to make the math easier. And the deck ends up being in the exact same configuration it was before. Uh huh. Okay, so I can flip my deck over. Nope. Yeah. Nope, I'm not legal. I, I'm fine with this. It's totally not legal. You can be fine with it all you want. It's not allowed. <laughs> if I can if I can see all of the cards. Yeah, no, so Valera is a really odd case. And I, we could go on for a long time describing, like, arguing about this back and forth. Okay. Um, but, like, it doesn't work. <laughs> um, and... and like, this is extremely frustrating to me because I love Valera Pod. It's my favorite deck ever. But uh, it doesn't work. Um, shortcutting it by just looking at your deck? No, it's not okay. Ah. Uh. I'll I'll disagree with that. Sure, I think please that's do. A, I and, think and, that's... I, and I we could like I'm happy to discuss it with you, just not on the podcast because it could take forever. <laughs> okay, right, that'll be our next episode. Um, that'll be that'll be the outtake. that discussion. Jeez. Um. So so in both of these, in in when we're discussing the whole Malira thing, yeah. Okay, there there is a I can say I'm going to do this you know, five times, 10 times, I have 47 cards left in my deck. I can say, I'm going to do this a hundred times. And you can, you can go through them, you know, you can go through the motions. You can even do some, some counting and some quick math to figure out what cards are going to be back on top of your deck. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's, that's possible. That has a defined end state. That's not ambiguous mm -hmm. where you start running into these, these, these four horsemen combo things are, well, I'm going to repeat some iteration, okay, that is 
that's going to change slightly each time, and I'm going to go until I have these cards in my graveyard and these cards on top of my library. Like so, so the the, the four horsemen it, it revolves around um, uh, uh, milling cards and and getting cards back on the top of the library and using emeralds to to shuffle. Uh, shuffle so you can do this particular loop one time two times three times and you're what you're looking for is you're not looking for a number of iterations you're looking to do it until you have some cards in this zone and some other cards in this zone and as the number of iterations approaches infinity you will eventually hit that state okay but since you can't specify the number of iterations and that's what's important the number of iterations you can't say i'm going to do this a hundred thousand times because it's mathematically possible that you won't hit it in a hundred thousand times you know like you go to vegas and you play roulette okay you can sit there and and bet and say i'm gonna bet on black until i win and it's mathematically possible that it will be red or you know double zero every single time and then you run out of money yeah and that and that's a much higher likelihood than 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 like four four horsemen was right so so that's kind of that's that's the important thing is it's it's a lot of people send, tend to think oh well I should be able I'm gonna eventually get there but the fact is you can't specify the number of iterations and you can't specify exactly what the game state's gonna look like yeah you might be able to say eventually I'll get to the position where these two cards are on top of my library and these cards are in my graveyard but you don't know where all the other stuff is so okay. Um, so, no, so if no. someone tries to do that, most people know not to even try anymore, but if someone does, that's slow play. Yeah. So it's, it's basically just don't, don't do it. They, we had, we had players do it. The reason, the reason why this clause is in there is we had players that would do it and do it and they did it multiple times and they couldn't, they couldn't combo off after three, four, five, six, nine, fifteen 15 iterations. And it was proving to be problematic enough. I mean, we're we're looking for things that can be consistent, and consistency is you know specifying a number of iterations and the expecting resulting game state. You know, these cards are here, and it's unambiguously defined. Not well, these four cards are in these zones, and everything else is kind of uh, doesn't really matter. So I don't care. All right, I I have one last thing I want to talk about, but uh, do we feel good about that on loops? I'm satisfied with this. We're probably going, I suspect we're probably going to get some emails from people arguing. Yeah. Here, here's the thing. If you could tell me how many times you're going to do a thing and you could tell me what the game state looks like at any given point during that thing or when you stop that thing. And here, here's the important thing because you have to be able to interrupt it at any point if your opponent wants to. You have to be able to tell me what the game state looks like at any given point in your shortcut. And if you could tell me those things, your shortcut is probably fine. If you're like, well, I'm going to do it some number of iterations and it involves shuffling my library a bunch of times. No. Yeah, I think that's probably good. that. I, I think that's a good way to summarize it. So I want to talk. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, no, go ahead. Okay. We're done. <laughs> uh, I just want to talk about the very last line in slow play because I've actually never seen it happen. And I was wondering <laughs> if you guys had examples of it. But it says, if slow play has significantly affected the result of the match, the head judge may upgrade the penalty. So I guess some slow play was so egregious that we feel a game loss is warranted here. But I... I can't think of a situation where this would happen or be I could definitely manufacture an example, but I can't think of one off the top of my head. Yeah, I can't, I can't think um, of an example either. Yeah, I can't think of where it's actually happened, but let me give you an example. So um, I'm making this up off the top of my head, but sure. let's say uh, two players sit down. Uh, five minutes into their match, um, player one says, crap, I got to go to the bathroom. Gets up and runs to the bathroom. Doesn't doesn't call a judge, doesn't do, just gets up and goes to the bathroom. Now, normally, he gets back, that's a slow play, he gets a warning. Mm -hmm. uh, but he spends 35 minutes in the bathroom. Okay. And then he comes back. Yeah, and we don't want to give a 35-minute. Exactly. Yeah. At that point, we've egregiously affected the match. We could issue a game loss here and, and feel comfortable with it. Okay. Yeah, that's that's really that's really about, about it. Because okay. uh, every, other, every other example that I can think of the opponent would have called judge. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Or, you know, he's he, my opponent fell asleep and has just been drooling on his cards for 10 minutes. <laughs> uh, now you probably would have called us before then. Right. <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't want to wake him up. <laughs> seemed rude. <laughs> seemed rude. All right. Yeah. You guys have anything else about slow play you want to talk about? Uh, 
no. Hold on. I'm thinking. Mm, I don't think so. No. I'm going to need you to make a decision. Oh, no. No. (laughs) All right. Talk about our news real quick. We have two new level threes. Uh, Nicola DePasquale from north of where I live. Pennsylvania, man. Pennsylvania, yes. Uh, And also Carlos Rada from Parts Unknown. I don't know where you're oh, well, their, their emails haven't gone out yet. I usually get where they're from from the emails from the RCs being like, hey, congrats, being oh, three. He is uh, one of the South American countries. Okay, great. You really narrowed it down. Well, I, I got a continent as opposed to somewhere in the world. You know, where in the world is Carlos San Diego? Where in the world is Carlos San Diego? Yes. <laughs> All right. I think we should also mention briefly that. Um, Coming soon or immediately? I'm actually not sure. Uh, FNM can be s- sanctioned to be basically anything. Also, the number of promos the stores get will be based on their WPN level. So you should encourage your local store to become advanced or advanced plus uh, instead of just regular so, old so, game store. So this is this is so they put this big giant list out there of all the of all the FNM craziness where you can run plain chase commander uh arch enemy yeah or create your own standard or wizard's tower whatever that is um i was actually proud that that was the only format i didn't know what it was i think it's what's Um, commonly called type four oh okay i think i think Uh, that's what it is i don't know for certainty so did did i hear in the announcement and and just you you probably pay a little bit more attention to this than i do the FNM foils the store gets to decide how the FNM promos are distributed as opposed to there there were I didn't see the announcement itself the reports of the announcement have been somewhat ambiguous as to what that is I expect we're going to see clarification soon uh what I understood well actually I don't want to say cuz I don't want anybody to go just dunk said blah 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 um it's I'm not sure yet. We're going to see clarification soon. Yeah. The approach so, announcement was a little bit ambiguous. Yeah, we don't have full information. I, I just I just threw it out there. Figured we should mention it, okay. but we we will certainly cover it more when we have more information. So I thought I thought Helene had said that it was it was up to the the store to determine how how to distribute those promos. It, it probably is, but there's going to be some limitation on that. So. I hope. Uh, now that being said, I know for a fact because I've been to them that there are stores that distributed them already in different ways because the way they were supposed to be distributed just didn't work once you break a certain number of players. Okay. Okay. I mean, it's not when you have a hundred players at FNM, it's impossible to be like, all right, first place gets this promo without running a million rounds. Oh, gotcha. So one, I guess moving on one, one, one other thing that I've uh, of note uh, since the last time we recorded, uh, PPTQ uh, sanctioning windows are opening yeah. now. Uh, and, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, so if you are a judge, or if, if you're a TO, okay, uh, and listening to this, I'm going to encourage you to go seek out an L2 before you marry yourself to a date, Okay. Um, not every region has a, a huge bounty of L2s, like this large stable that you can choose from. And those areas typically have a lot of stores also, um, that can run these things. So it's entirely possible to have three stores running PPTQs in an area with only one L2, um, and not talking to that L2 in advance can create um a problem so if you are an l2 actually if you're just a judge i would i would uh uh, speak to your to politely and just remind them that they do need an l2 for the event and sometimes you know they're not available so getting that locked down sooner rather than later uh is a good idea and also if possible Coordinate with other TOs to find out what dates are available. Yes. Please. Please. Particularly if you only have one L2. Uh, And not just because of the L2s, but also it's just in everybody's best interest. If you are holding a PPTQ the same day as the guy across the street, assuming there is somebody across the street, but you get the idea, um, then all you're doing is splitting the player base for both of you. Um, So if you're, you know, encourage your store to get in touch with those stores and run it on different dates. Um, in fact, I, I know that in some regions, there are stores that are trying to organize this, get in touch with those people. Um, and, and there are spreadsheets you can be part of and calendars and whatnot. 
get a, get your stores in touch with with that system and get it done. So so this is so we both just said you know judge go talk to the TO. Interesting philosophical discussion. How how much should the judge take upon themselves to go to open up this communication? I'm thinking just me personally. This first bit of PPTQs. The judge should actually try to make contact with the TO and, and kind of try to start the process because I have a feeling that a lot of these TOs, this will be the first time that they can run an event of this size. They're maybe not used to it. They they think of, oh, well, I've got Bob, the guy behind the counter who runs all my FNMs, getting a judge is just that easy, and they might not know. So maybe for this first round, you, you'd be a little, a little bit more proactive, and then after that, it's just like, well... Now you just should have learned. Yeah, I, I mean, I... yes and no. If you want to volunteer, if you're an L two judge who wants to 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 judge one of these events, uh, be feel free to volunteer and say, "Hey, I'm available." But that doesn't mean all this other stuff we've been talking about about scheduling it and everything else. Don't jump in and do all that stuff for them unless they're unless that's part of your job to do, and you've talked about that with them. You know, that's right. Let's be clear on what we're saying here. If you want to volunteer, volunteer. Don't jump in and be the TO. Right. They turns out most TOs went into business because they like being the guy that makes the decisions. Yep. And they don't uh, cotton too well to those that try and make their decisions for them. But at the same time, gentle reminders is like, hey, um, maybe uh, you don't want to have it on these dates because I'm going to be out of town and I'm the only L2 that's available. Unless you want to import from uh, Red Bay, Alabama. <laughs> Red Bay, where is that? I don't even know where that is. Uh, it's on. It's. it's is it a real the, place? You're making this is, up, aren't you? No, 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 no. It is a real place. It is on the border of Alabama and Mississippi, directly west of Birmingham. Speaking of which, I'm in Alabama now. By the way, some people know this, some people don't. Yeah, I'm we, just letting you know. If if you are in Alabama and and need help with judge stuff, getting out of Alabama, <laughs> uh, you need help escaping the island. Um, no, if you need help with judge stuff, uh, feel free to send me an email, hit me up, uh, and, uh, I'd be more than happy to help with that. Um, or, or send judge cast an email as well. So we're judge cast Southeast now, right? No, definitely. No. (laughs) Do I need to fix this? Do I need to get a new host on who's, who's from the West coast so we can stop saying that? Judge cast Southeast. So it's important to note Justin Turner is the RC of all three of us now. Um, so, (laughs) Uh, I'm not sure. Like, I, I don't know. Um, anyway, are you going to seed? Are you seeding? Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm taking Alabama with me. <laughs> um, so okay, done. Uh, anyway, um, I'm taking Mississippi too. Uh, oh wait, no, you can't have Mississippi. All right, oh, yeah. It's time for a Judge Cast Southeast tradition where we read emails. <laughs> no, no, no. We can't be Judge Judge Cast Southeast, and here's why. It's really important. As soon as we become Judge Judge Cast Southeast, we're gonna have Judge Cast Northwest yeah. and Judge Cast Southwest no. pop up. Hey, we are just JudgeCast. We own the JudgeCast brand. There are no competitors. Is, there is no other JudgeCast, just JudgeCast. That's true. That is true. Okay. Um, we, we will cease and desist you. Yes. All right. Yeah, we will, actually. That, that'll be the funnest letter ever. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Can we all, oh, go ahead. I will draw pictures on the bottom of that letter. <sighs> we'll get Judge Joe Bono right. to support us. <laughs> Was a, he a lawyer? Yeah, he's a lawyer or a judge. Oh, he's one of dude. those two. What's the difference? Can he work pro bono? <laughs> I'm sure he's never heard that one. I know, I know. All right, our first email. It's new to, it's new to me. Comes from Mark. <clears throat> it's about a topic we discussed last time, but last episode. He says, I was listening to episode 102, and you had an email about invisible triggers like prowess or exalted. You said they are assumed to happen until there is evidence that they don't, and I get that. But then you said to just ask your opponent and don't try to trick them into missing their trigger. I had the opposite situation and would like to know what I should do. My opponent attacked with and um, with some effect, effect that gave all attacking creatures plus one plus one. He said it was M15, but he doesn't exactly remember the card. But So we'll say it's a card that says whenever you're a creature, your creatures attacks all creatures you control get plus one plus one. doesn't really matter. Uh, he didn't declare the trigger. While I was assessing the blocking situation, I asked him how big a creature was and he refused to answer. He said that it was derived information and that he does not have to inform me of derived information. Can he refuse to answer that question? I felt like he was trying to bait me into making bad blocks, and I did not like it. A judge did get involved, but I don't feel like the situation came to a good end. 
Both my opponent and I were a bit confused and unhappy with the ruling. I don't think the judge made him answer the question, and in the end, I announced his trigger for him and then made blocks. Is there a rule about deceiving your opponent that would apply here? Oh, this is the mental Wait, image so, I have. So hold on. I, I think I've had this come up before. So what what uh, what level of event was this? It doesn't say. It doesn't uh, say. Which matters. That is a good point. A That's lot. a good point. So at Friday Night Magic... This is so not allowed. This guy is being so scummy. Yeah, uh, that, that's a great point. I didn't even uh, think about Because it. derived information, while he is correct that this is derived information, derived information is instead considered free at regular rules enforcement level. So hopefully, if it was regular rules enforcement level, the judge informed him of that. And if not, then the judge should maybe become more familiar with regular REL. Um, and that, that this needs to be clarified. Now, at competitive rules enforcement level, like say a PTQ um, and higher, like day two of a GP or a pro tour at professional, um, this is derived information. Now you as the player, you asked, what should I do in this situation? Well, if you want to know whether or not the trigger's resolved, you're going to have to ask him whether or not the trigger's resolved, which will tell him there's a trigger there. Yeah. The, the other the other thing is, if I ask you how big your if there's a trigger and I ask you how big your creatures are and the response is something along the lines of, I don't want to say the triggers resolved. The trigger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that should be a pretty, pretty big indication um, that he's he's remembered his trigger. Uh, you can ask a question like what effects are applying to this right now? Uh, that's a good one, because are, th are there any effects that are that, that are applying to this is a reasonable question that doesn't necessarily imply you have a trigger, but makes them answer the question. Yeah. So one thing is um, they do have to answer questions about uh, past game actions. Game actions. Past yeah. game actions. Yeah. Um, so if you say, are there any effects that that are that are uh, affecting uh, your creatures right now? Uh, then and they say no. Well, they've forgotten the trigger. If they say yes, or they, well, or they they've missed it. Yeah. It's not forgotten trigger. It's missed trigger. Right. Uh, but they, you know, if they say I don't want to answer, get a judge involved. Um. I, I have this 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 mental image of this guy just like almost like a little kid when you're trying to feed them and they don't want to. They just hold their mouth shut and they're just shaking their head back and forth, you know, where it's like, what's the power and toughness of your creatures? And he just clamps his mouth down, shakes his head back and forth. It amuses me. <laughs> but I've had so, this come up at FNM before, and I had to sit a player down and explain, you're, you're right, this is derived. This is not a PTQ. At Friday Night Magic, derived information is, is not derived, but it's instead free. Yeah. Uh, and, and you have to tell him. And he didn't like that answer, but so, he did. Right. And, and at competitive, you do not have to help your component, your component, your opponent. You do not have to help your opponent figure out the derived information but you do have to tell them if there is an effect that that would that could change its power and toughness if they ask that question. So what's its power and toughness? No, I don't have to tell you. Hey, did you cast a giant growth on that creature this turn? That giant growth get cast on this creature that turn? Yeah, yeah, I got cast on that creature. You have to say that. All right, one more email. Uh, it's from Aaron. He says, "Hello there, Judge Casters. I have an Ashcloud Phoenix. Uh, what a fun card that hit play, then died and became a morph." Um, so what he means is it returns to play as a face down creature. I play no other morphs and it's the only morph in play at the end of a game. If I fail or forget to reveal it, does that still result in a game loss? Does known information change the rulings at all? Thanks, Aaron. So what do you guys say to this? Because I think it's a little interesting. It's a very interesting question. I actually like this question a lot. Yeah. Thanks for writing it in, Aaron. Um, in fact, is this something we didn't... Did we manage to not cover this in our morph episode? Well, Ash Cloud Phoenix didn't exist. That's fair. Um, That's true, but we still have. Yeah, so... so Exodron. Yeah, we we managed to not cover this. So good job, us. And uh, by that, I mean not actually good job. And good job, Aaron. And by that, I mean really, yeah, good job <laughs> for uh, for sending it in. Um, I really like this question. Yeah, so... I'll, um, so, I'll... so really quickly, let's glaze over it. Uh, for anybody that didn't listen to the Morph episode, uh, this would normally be a game loss mm -hmm for a an upgraded GRV because the opponent can't verify the 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 legality of the the action that was taken mm -hmm. which uh, was and the action was putting play, a creature into play, play face down yeah face down could be an island right you know they need to be able so, to see that yeah so so it, what you're saying though is when someone takes a card from their hand and puts it down face down and pays three right. mana right that's that's why this is an upgrade right right and at, and at the end you're supposed to reveal your morphs as kind of proof Hey, I mean that's why that rule is there. Proof. Hey, this is not a basic land. Right. Right. 
Right. That's that's the intent of that rule is basically prove you aren't cheating. Right. So so you will still get a penalty and that penalty will still be a game rules violation. However, the penalty should not be upgraded to a game loss if it was if the legality of the action taken was known to all players. Yeah, right. And in this case, it was. So it would just be a warning. Um, and you should make sure the judge knows what's going on uh, when when they come over to take that call. Be like, well, oh, I came into play from this play uh, so that they so that the the the, the penalty is given correctly. Right now, yep. let's say uh, Ash Cloud Phoenix uh, comes back, whatever is bounced to your hand. You reveal it. You play it again, face down again. Uh, and you had other cards in hand. In that case, we no longer and then you don't reveal it at the end of the game. You know, at that case, we no longer know for sure that Ash Cloud Phoenix is the one that was right. turned your hand. So that one is a game loss. You know, it's, it's this very narrow case yeah. where it came back uh, from the graveyard and we didn't reveal it. It's yeah. not enough to say, well, I never played another morph. So therefore, that one must be the Ash Cloud Phoenix. It, it, that's not enough. Dude, at, uh, at, at, GP, at GP Orlando, every possible combination of game losses for morph happened. <laughs> you know. Bouncing it to my hand, scooping up at the end, going going to block a creature, and then paying mana to morph it and flipping it over and discovering it's a completely different creature. Uh, everything happened. Uh, so players, please, 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 pay attention to your morphs, please, please. All right, that's all the emails we're going to be reading today. <laughs> please. Please, please. please. Uh, if you want to contact us, you can email us at, G, uh, at Gmail. Yeah, just find us. You'll do it. At judgecast at gmail.com. Uh, you can like, uh, follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash judgecast, or like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash judgecast. You can also visit our website, judgecast.com, or hilarious reference to our Tumblr, which is completely unused. But you could if you wanted to. It might take us a while before we know how to reply you. to it. Yeah, Tumblr's weird. All right, you guys got anything else you want to talk about? Nope, got nothing. Nope, nope. All right, I'd like to thank all our listeners for listening. Thank you guys for being my wonderful co-host yet again. My name is CJ Schrader. I keep it fair. I'm Jess Dunks. I keep it fun. I'm Brian Perlman. I keep it untimed. Do 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 do